This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Every once in a while, I read a column which causes me to not only reread it because I wanted to make sure I heard it accurately, but read it a second time because I wanted to make sure that uh, when I commit intellectual plagiarism, I'm quoting it accurately. That was the case in a column I read in the New York Post this past weekend on the subject of social media censorship and Twitter, uh, Twitter, why it was once so great, why it was uh, such a disappointment to see it go in another direction, and why there may be hope for the future. Its author is veteran broadcast journalist, author, libertarian advocate, and the founder of the Center for Independent Thought, the one and only John Stossel. John, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me. You too, Frank. And my main these days is Stossel TV. We release a new video every Tuesday. I I was just going to ask you about that. And uh, I watch a lot of the videos and folks can check everything out at uh, johnstossel.com or Stossel TV on YouTube. In our last conversation, we talked a little bit about why you left the world of big media. And I don't think anybody was better known than you on both a national and a local level uh, for the independent route, YouTube, Stossel TV. You had won 19 Emmys. You had uh, the highest rated show on Fox Business. You were a mainstay on uh, ABC News with 2020. You were a star local reporter with Channel 2, a star local reporter going all the way back to your days in Oregon. Why, uh, given your name recognition, your reputation, would you give all that up to kind of go about things on your own with Stossel TV? Two reasons. One, that Fox is all about live talk show stuff. And my special skill is taking complicated ideas and editing and debating different people and cutting a piece like I did in 2020. And I couldn't do that really at Fox, except for occasional specials. But also because my son convinced me correctly, as it turned out, that I don't need a network anymore. I have a million Twitter followers and Facebook followers, and I can reach about the same number of people through social media. You're sort of a one-man network in terms of the amount of uh, followers that you've been able to build on social media. And one of the things that used to be so great about Twitter is that if I was interested in John Stossel or anybody else that might tweet something, be it text or video, that I was interested in, in seeing or hearing, I'd be able to follow that person, and then their tweets would come up in my Twitter feed. It's one of the many things that made Twitter interesting. It's uh, sort of a a way to build your own newspaper. 
what happened to Twitter to cause it to be so, uh, to put it politely, frustrating to people like me that want to curate their own newsfeed? They don't send you everything that the people you follow tweet. They send you, I, mean, I find it's maybe 5 or 10% of what I tweet. So you sign up. There's only a 5% chance you'll get the tweet. It's actually not true. They do send the tweet, but they bury it way at the bottom of your feed. So almost no one will get there. And why they do that? Is it political bias? I don't know, and I certainly can't prove that. It's also true that if you got everything your the people you follow put out or and all your Facebook friends' stuff, you wouldn't like it because it turns out our friends post a lot of garbage. So some editing apparently is useful uh, for the social media companies. But I think Twitter, it's often been biased, and you see it in, in what they censor. I think speaking of the New York Post, I don't think there's a better example than the Hunter Biden New York Post story during the 2020 election where they wouldn't even let the editor of the New York Post tweet out that story. It's funny. A couple of years ago, we first heard the term shadow ban. And the thing about being banned on Twitter, as Donald Trump is, as Kanye West is, as Roger Stone is, is at least, you know, you're banned from Twitter. Shadow banning, as I understand it, it, they just stop your tweets from reaching people and they don't have to tell you if you're shadow banned. Do you think this is a reflection of a desire for them wanting sponsored tweets or is this, as you alluded to, a possible indication of a political bias? I think it's political bias because they could still put out sponsored tweets. But it's it's impossible to prove. We can't know what they're doing unless a whistleblower comes forward. It was also a frustrating endeavor for Elon Musk, when, even after he announced that he was buying Twitter for uh, in the neighborhood of $44 billion. He said that he didn't feel that Twitter was being forthcoming with him about how much of the how much how many of the users were bots and things of that nature. Now it looks like Elon Musk is going to go forward with the purchase of uh, of Twitter. It sounds like you're pretty optimistic about Twitter in the Musk era. Perhaps I'm influenced by the fact that the number of my followers has been going steadily up a few hundred people every day. And I'd had a million. It gradually dropped to just below a million. And then it would just stayed the same for months. And now amidst this Twitter stuff, it's gone back over a million again. And it keeps growing. There are new people who keep appearing. Why that happened, I don't know. So give me your hope for the the Musk era in uh, in Twitter land. If Elon Musk moves m- more towards a freedom of speech direction, what would you like to see him do with the understanding that there are practical concerns that maybe you can't see uh, in real time the tweets of all 5,000 fo- folks that you might be following? And he's still going to have to have some content moderation, apparently, because no moderation becomes a cesspool because the people who believe in one conspiracy theory tend to believe in lots of them. And 15-year-old 
kids who get off irritating people with nasty posts would just do this all the time. So, I mean, even Parlor Rumble, Odyssey, and Trump's network find they have to have some content moderation. I just hope that the he's going to hire some people who won't let these leftist woke 30-year-olds who giggle and take pride in censoring people like me get away with it. Now, how will he find out? I assume through the complaints and he'll will complain and and you know, why was this removed? Why isn't this being sent? And Eventually, somebody will check it out, and if he finds it's some kid who just is censoring posts he doesn't like, they'll do something about it. Another thing I notice is that they'll show me responses to my tweet, and I like reading them. And you go down the list, and you, you know, more tweets. You click, and I can see more tweets. And then you get to uh, click here if you want to see more tweets, including some with offensive content. So I eagerly tweet, click that because I'm curious. And yeah. most of the time, there's no offensive content. Most of the time, it's love your stuff, Stossel. It's complimentary comments. <laughs> so I don't know what they're doing there. It, it's very, it's uh, very strange. Uh, I, I started tweeting things that uh, sort of questioned the party line on Ukraine and the United States funding Ukraine. All of a sudden, I went from having my tweets retweeted and liked by dozens of people to retweeted and liked by almost no one. Even yesterday, I had Andrew Yang on who retweeted me. He's got 1.8 million followers. Shockingly, even once he retweeted me, not a lot of people seem to see that tweet. So uh, the the mystery of this whole thing and how Twitter makes the sausage is uh, as frustrating as the fact uh, that that it happens. But uh, uh, with people are just tuning in, we're talking with John Stossel. You can see some of the terrific videos that he does at johnstossel.com or just type Stossel TV on YouTube. There are, as you mentioned, some concerns about about hate speech. And if you were in charge of uh, a social media network, let's say there was Stossel Truth Social or something along those lines, how do you how do you navigate and how do you walk that line between a desire for free expression and a desire for not wanting folks to just make a, a social media platform uh, a harbinger of racist thoughts or anti-Semitic thoughts or harmful thoughts? Unfortunately, I see no way of doing it other than to have content moderators. And it's a horrible job because they just read vicious stuff and hate all day and have them make a judgment about this person isn't contributing to the debate. He's just spewing hate and obvious lies. Um, The problem was that they'd been doing it for talk that they just didn't like. Like somebody writes an article saying, you know, masks don't work so well. They may do more harm than good. And they were killing stuff like that. And that's outrageous. Kanye West was suspended from both Twitter and Instagram after some comments that he made, which a lot of folks believe were anti-Semitic. He's now announced that he's going to be buying the social media network uh, Parler, which doesn't have anywhere near the 
audience that a, a Twitter does. How do you think that's going to work out? Do you think the uh, the ownership of a big star like Kanye West will cause more mainstream people to migrate towards Parler? Or do you think this will largely remain a, a social media network that's been relegated to the fringes? Fringes, I think. And by the way, Parler just, oops, mistakenly released the emails of uh, hundreds of us who um, get the most response uh, to the public. Uh, just infuriating. Um, I don't love these conservative sites because I don't want to just talk to conservatives. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to everybody. And there's a lot of garbage on these conservative sites, too. Just utter vaccine denial and lots of conspiracy theories and Donald Trump utter worship, which annoys me because I say he's a selfish bully. I wish he'd go away. Well, the thing that used to be so great about Twitter and even Facebook back in the day is that you could interact and learn from people that you might have differing views from. And it seems uh, like on Truth Social and Parler and Rumble, there's not as much of an opportunity to uh, interact with folks that may uh, that may disagree with you. Whenever I bring up the term uh, free speech as it relates to social media, there's always a whole bunch of folks that point out, well, look, these are private companies. Uh, they have every right to determine the rules of their platform and who should be on that platform. There's been no greater defender of property rights over the course of the last uh, four or five decades than you. Uh, what do you make of that philosophy that uh, these are private companies and they should be able to kick whoever they want off their platform? These are private companies and they should be able to kick anybody off their platform. It's true. I just think if it's important that we call them out on it and get public pressure to get them to do the right thing. But they certainly have the right and conservatives' proposals for legislation, that's a bad idea because if we get politicians making these decisions, then the government controls even more, and that's a real threat to freedom. One of the things that we've heard from primarily those on the right, but even a couple of folks on the left, is uh, the idea of repealing the Section 230 protection that some of these social media companies enjoy. That would subject them to the same sort of uh, legal liabilities that a radio station or a television station might have. Is that a good idea? I don't think so. When do lawsuits solve much? Look, I'm suing Facebook because they lied about me. They let their fact, their climate hysteria fact checkers limit my reach. Um, I'm suing them because they put stuff in quotes. I didn't say the fact checkers reviewed my piece but never watched it. So that's defamation. That's different. But Facebook has a right to cut me off if they want to. Uh, what's the status of that defamation lawsuit against Facebook? I just lost the first round. A California judge threw it out and said, their fact checks are just an opinion, and they have every right to do that. And the fact that they put what Stossel said in quotes doesn't mean that that's what Stossel said. It just <laughs> meant that this video implied that. I mean, if I had put something in quotes at 
Fox or ABC or CBS or NBC, all places where I've worked, that wasn't an actual quote and then refused to take it down when I got called on it, I would have been fired. But this judge says, no, that's fine. I saw on Stossel TV a recent interview you did with uh, Tim Poole. I have to confess, Tim Poole was not somebody that I was familiar with. I suspect many in our audience weren't either. Uh, This was a fascinating interview that touched upon a wide range of subjects. Uh, Folks can check it out at uh, johnstossel.com. Again, uh, who is Tim Poole if folks who are are listening aren't familiar with him? Tim Poole is this guy who never got involved with an official network and never went to college, never even graduated high school, uh, dropped out and just started going to riots and war zones, different interesting places and talking about it uh, and has built a very successful YouTube following, much like I did. uh, And now he's become a Trumpy, apparently. That interview, weirdly, was over a year old, and suddenly it went viral on YouTube. Why these things happen, I don't know. Yeah, it's all go. It all goes into the mystery of this uh, this social media algorithm, which has a lot of folks uh, scratching their head. I alluded to the fact that you're the founder of something called the Center for Independent Thought. I believe this is actually a nonprofit. What is this? What is the Center for Independent Thought? What are you hoping to do with this? It is a nonprofit. Sasso TV uh, is funded by a nonprofit, too. We get contributions from viewers. I hope some of your listeners will contribute. But the Center for Independent Thought is uh, a nonprofit that lets us offer these videos to teachers. I used to get phone calls from teachers. Oh, I wish I recorded that. That's really a good way for me to explain price gouging to my students or the minimum wage. And And it is, because it's much more interesting than a college professor yammering about it, because we've spent a month editing it and researching it. And Center for Independent Thought delivers these to teachers who want them. A lot of folks listening are small government advocates. A lot of folks listening are people that uh, value things like freedom. Uh, They like low taxes. Uh, They like uh, having the government not tell them what to do. And a lot of folks listening to us are folks that are pretty optimistic that the Republicans seem poised to take back one or both houses of Congress in a few weeks. If folks are small government advocates and they believe in freedom, should they actually be optimistic about the Republicans taking back Congress this year? Uh, not very. Certainly they're better than the spend a zillion times more money than we have Democrats. But a lot of the Republicans are authoritarians, and not friends of the free and open debate, not friends of economic freedom. Uh, right in, now at electionbettingodds.com, which is my best guide to what's going to happen, I see it says the Democrats have lost ground. They lost uh, 1.6% in the last day, but there's still slight favorites to take the Senate, 52 to 47. The House, it's 84% that the Republicans will take the House. 
Lastly, whether folks are on the left or on the right, a lot of folks listening take their elections very seriously. And if their side loses, it's not like the Mets or the Yankees losing. They actually get depressed and think that this means disastrous implications for their own future and the future of the world. I've heard you point out before that uh, folks tend to have too much of their own emotional happiness invested in which political party wins. Do you still feel that way? Yes, because there are checks and balances, and the best of life happens outside politics. It's our families and our friends and our jobs and sports and music and entertainment. and the, It's only 5% of us who think about politics all the time, and it's not a route to happiness. That's for sure. Uh, John Stossel, you could check him out and uh, make a contribution so that you could see a lot of the great work that he's doing continue at johnstossel.com. John, it's always a treat to talk with you. Thanks so much. You too, Frank. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 